Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God said no, and you're right in the middle of the mess. What do you do about it? Well, you ask forgiveness, and then you say to God, do whatever you need to do in my life to get me out of this mess. You see, often when we take a road and God says, don't go down that road, what I discover in my life, eventually God just comes with us. It becomes a cul-de-sac, and he'll turn us around, but I got to walk through the same crud again to get back on the right road, but he'll do it. He'll give you grace. Let's face it, at one time or another, every Christ follower has gone against what they knew God wanted them to do. The sin nature in every person rebels against God's will, even those who are doing their best to follow Him. The great thing about following God, as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, is that He's always ready to take you back. God wants to have a relationship with you. And although sin can separate you from him, he's continually there waiting for you to turn towards him and begin the walk again. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 16 as he continues his message, Five Ways God Answers Prayer. There's two choices. We can either say to God, okay, back to these other principles, your plan's better than my plan, timing's different, whatever. Okay, I submit to it. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Which is the right plan? Which is the right response? Which is the right choice? Or we can say, well, God... um, Thanks for the no, but I really believe this is the right thing to do, so I'm going to go ahead. So Paul could have ignored it and gone right on into Turkey. He could have done that. He didn't. Write this down. It is dangerous to go ahead when God says no. When we go against the will of God, eventually, even though initially maybe some neat things take place, eventually it will not turn out good. This is a very common problem in counseling people. All of the pastors, Andrina, some of the other ladies, even the lay counselors we have, many of them counsel in the area of marriage. Specifically, this is a very difficult one because quite often people will come in and they'll talk about they want to get a divorce and they shouldn't get a divorce, not biblical to divorce, I don't care what it is, but God says I can do it, I can do it, doesn't matter what I can do, I know I hate divorce, but he'll forgive me and I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. Well, see, God has already said no. But they think, he said, well, no, it's, it's okay. No, he said no. And many times I have people, a husband, and a guy and a gal, and they're, they're talking about getting married, and one of them's not a believer. And they say, well, I prayed, and, and God gave me a peace to go ahead and marry, because one day this spouse is going to become a Christian. Well, that's wrong. 
See, God has said no. And they'll say, well, God hasn't said no to me. And I just go, well, First Corinthians says God did say no to you. Can you read? He said no to you. See, but the problem is, but at this point, they're on their emotions. And the emotions overrule the word of God. By the way, any of us been there? Not marriage deal, but we've all been there. Anybody here, anybody here, when God said no, you went and did it anyway? Let me see hand. It was not good, was it? It was like, that's when you stand in the mirror and go, hey, stupid. That's when you talk to yourself. Because it is not good. It's horrible. Some of us did that. We, well, God, God said, no, don't buy the car. You buy it. The only lemon in the whole world, you now have it. And every time you get in that sucker, something else has fallen off or whatever. Guy goes, hi, how are you this morning? You know, whatever. You all know that change jobs, do whatever, disaster results. So just be careful. It's dangerous. When God says no, he says no for a reason. Acts 16, verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. This is the second no. Two in a row. What's Paul thinking? Three strikes and you're out. No, he's not. Baseball wasn't there. So it's two strikes. Paul is, what's he going to do with two no's? Is he going to get angry and mad at God? Sometimes we do. But remember the principles I gave you. You can't disobey. It's not good. Maybe some of you here, God said, don't go to Bithynia. You went. God said, no, and you're right in the middle of the mess. What do you do about it? Well, you ask forgiveness, and then you say to God, do whatever you need to do in my life to get me out of this mess. You see, often when we take a road and God says, don't go down that road, what I discover in my life eventually God just comes with us. It becomes a cul-de-sac. And he'll turn us around, but I've got to walk through the same crud again to get back on the right road. But he'll do it. He'll give you grace. So I just encourage you, don't waste any more time going in the wrong direction. If you've gone against God and you're headed down this direction, settle for the consequences. Let God do what he needs to do in your life. Ask for forgiveness. He'll give you a new start. We've all been there. Nobody has to bring any condemnation on anybody else. Go back, get on the road of life. Life's too short to keep going in the wrong direction. Turn around, be repentant, God will restore you. Now, here's something else I think is very important. A no from God is guidance just as much as a yes. See, I want to hear yes. I don't really want to hear no, but it's just as much of it. It's just as much of love from God. And as we move and walk through our life, most of us actually end up thanking God for more of the no answers in life than even the yes answers. Why? Because we learn to trust him. You see, the Bible says often we don't know how to pray as we ought. And sometimes we don't go ask the Holy Spirit to help. We just use our own kind of natural thing and go off and, boy, we've missed it. So... We need to learn to thank God for his nose because God is always right. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. God isn't up there going, no, 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 no. I just love to say no to those people. That's not the character of God. He loves to give good gifts. That's what the Bible says. He loves to give good gifts to us. 
But when we get a no, you have to just trust his judgment. Well, what happened in Paul? Look at verse 8. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Paul did the right thing. He obeyed. He didn't go to Bithynia. And later on, you know that Paul's desire was good. God fulfilled it just in a different timing. Now, no. Number two. Yes, but you must wait. Yes, I'm going to answer your prayer exactly as you said it, but you must wait. Timing isn't right. Now, what if God answered every prayer that you prayed instantaneously with a yes? What do you think that'd be like? Well, pretty soon, here's what we do. Hey, God, hey, here's what I need. We treat him as a puppet. You're the supply house. You're heavenly Sam's. I need it now. (laughs) And it wouldn't be good for us, would it? What if we gave our kids everything they needed? Well, some of us had to treat our kids early on. Have another ice cream. Go ahead. Have another ice cream. Another another hot dog? Good. Some of you will never eat hot dogs because you just... (laughs) Mom said, okay, go ahead. Now you won't eat hot dogs because you know it wasn't good for you. So... And to be very careful, and that's why it's, sometimes there's a, there's a weight to it, and of course, and sometimes there's a simply a no to it. In this particular case, remember this, God's delays are not his denials. There is time when God says no, but other times he'll say yes, but you must wait. Now, you and I know that God's timing is perfect. What he's trying to do in my life and your life when he says to wait is the patience deal. Patience is absolutely necessary. God sees the whole picture. Did you know God is not in a hurry? He's not panicked. He doesn't have his daytimer out. He doesn't have his Palm Pilot out. Nobody in large, there's a meeting here. You know, there's Gower Chapel's meeting down here. You need a present. You know, he doesn't have a problem with any of that. He's not in a hurry. I'm the one that's in the hurry. I'm trying to get everything done in what I think is right. And what we'll see that often, well, what he's trying to do in my life, Romans 15, 4 says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Think about Abraham and Sarah. We won't go there except I'll read one verse to you. God had come to Abraham and said, True, you want to bless the whole world. Your offspring equal number of the sands. Abraham and Sarah. God said, Yes, yes, but wait. You remember what happened? They didn't wait. Abraham went into Hagar and we have Ishmael. And we have Al-Qaeda. And we have the Gaza being emptied out. And we have the ongoing problems from that. Why? Because they didn't wait. They went ahead of God. Remember, when you go ahead of God, when you go against God, nothing good in the long term. It was great initially. And then Sarah couldn't stand Agar. And from that time on, it was a total disaster. When eventually God 
brought it. Let me read to you out of Genesis 21. Then the Lord did exactly what he promised. Sarah became pregnant. She gave to Abraham a son in his old age. It all happened at the time God said it would. So when you get in a hurry, just think about Abraham. Think about Sarah and go, God, I'll wait. It'll be fine. Who else waited for some things that God said, yes, but wait? Well, Joseph. Remember God gave Joseph all these dreams? He waited 20 years for the dreams to be fulfilled. God said, yes, but wait. Here's another one. I like this one a little more because it's shorter. Remember Jesus, John 20, gets his disciples together. It's after the resurrection. Breathes on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. They're saved. Then he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait, because I'm going to give you what you need, the baptism of the Spirit. You're going to have to wait at least 10 days. I know Pete probably said, what do we need to wait for? Let's go right now. Pete's like you. Pete's like me. Don't look at Pete like somebody you've never seen before. He's just like you, and he's like me. Pete's probably thinking, you're going to heaven, time's a-wasting. We need the Spirit, let's do it right now. No, wait. What were they doing? Well, they're developing it through prayer, relationship with God, promise of God. Things are happening in the upper room that can only happen with time. That's what God wanted. That was his timing. And in fact, absolutely took place. So, maybe you're sitting here and you're frustrated because you know God said yes to this. You're waiting for God to answer your prayer. Be patient. God will always keep his promises. This is, by the way, related to the next answer. No, grow. No, comma, grow. God knows my spiritual maturity. He knows yours. He knows the areas where I'm like him. And I'm doing really well, and he knows the area where I'm not really maturing too much. And sometimes God simply has to say no to our request, because there's a maturing that's needed in all of our lives. I read this and thought it was very good. The selfish person has to grow in unselfishness. The cautious person must grow courage. The timid person must grow in confidence. The dominating person must grow in sensitivity. The critical person must grow in tolerance. The negative person must grow in positive attitudes. The pleasure-seeking person must grow in compassion for suffering people. Let me read to you one time when Jesus had to say, No, grow to Peter. In Mark 8 it says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and then after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, but Peter then took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned to look at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Isn't that interesting? Jesus had to say to Pete, Pete, You're saying to me, don't go to the cross. That's wrong. You need to grow. You're not even in the same page. In fact, you're more in Satan's camp than you are in my camp. So I have to grow. Maybe as I mentioned that there's an area of discipleship in your life that God's just targeted already. He just said to you, "Mm, 
Here's where I want you to grow. I'm not worried about answering too much of these things. The average things, are going to, that's fine. But some specific things I'm not going to answer right now. Actually, the answer is no. Because I want to work on an area in your life. Remember that God is more concerned with my spiritual growth than anything else in my life. Even more than the prayers that I want answered. So write this down. God is concerned with your spiritual growth more than with your ministry. Well, God, you know my giftings, and you know what you've called me to do, and you know what me to do here, and you know what we do there. No, no, no. God's more concerned with what's happening inside of you spiritually. When he gets those things worked out, then he'll move you along to the next part. I, I believe often he says no to us on a lot of things down through life, because we're, we're never exactly like we need to be, but we're growing more. And he just says, no, I have some things I need to work on. So let's focus on you before I answer the prayers about these things here. So don't be frustrated. Remember, he's more concerned with your spiritual growth. Why? Because he loves us. He knows he can use me if he'll get this area in my life corrected. Number four. Yes. Praise God. That's the one I like. This is the response to the prayers that we're all looking for. Remember that God loves to say yes. Did God say yes to any of your prayers today? If you prayed the Lord's Prayer, he did. He always says yes to the Lord's Prayer. Pastor Mark, what do you mean? Well, you remember the three specific things in the Lord's Prayer? Give us today our daily bread. If I prayed that today, God, I need everything I need for today. Did God say yes to that? Absolutely. Now, if he didn't, maybe you got to go back to the hindrances. But yes, he did. Everything that I need. If I prayed this morning, God, forgive me of my sins. Did he forgive me? Did he say yes? Or did God say, hmm, maybe? No, he didn't. He immediately said yes. See, this is why the Lord's Prayer is so powerful. Because I get a yes all the time. Well, did I have to, when he said, I will forgive you, but the thing that you did with the neighbor yesterday, whatever, you have to ask him for forgiveness? Really, God? Yes. The next one, the last one in the Lord's Prayer was the, the petitions, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Did God do that today if I ask him? Absolutely. 100% of the time, yes. Powerful. Practice the Lord's Prayer in your life. Practice it. Use it as a pattern. Number five. I like this one. No, but something better is coming. No, but something better is coming. You and I all know that. You understand what that's all about. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know the verse we started with at the beginning of the year. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to the power that's worked within us. Our God's a generous God. You know, sometimes he just simply surprises us with more than we ever ask for. Does that ever happen in your life? It should be happening all the time. I mean, I need this, and God just, I need God, I need X. He gives me X, Y, and Z. Is that right? Yes, He is. He's an incredibly generous God. Don't think God's stingy. Often He just goes, no, I'm not gonna do that right now because I got something way better for you. And wait till you see it coming. So we need to have that expectancy. In all of our lives, we struggle with that. Because we see here and we think that's the best for us. But no, God has something better. 
From time to time in all of our lives, we'll have a, a, a hurtful thing quite often. And what I try to do with that hurtful thing is to say to the person, okay, God knows, so obviously that wasn't meant for you. Something better is coming. So just remember that God's going to work it out. I thought of this passage, and immediately Solomon came to my mind. Let me read it to you. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon, David's son, in a dream. And God said, what do you want? I'll give it to you. And Solomon replied, you were wonderfully kind to my father David because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued this great kindness to him today by giving him a son to succeed him. O Lord, my God, now you have made me king instead of my father David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am among your chosen people, a nation so great they are too numerous to come. God, here's all I want. Give me an understanding mind so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great nation of yours? And the Lord was pleased with Solomon's reply. And he was glad that he asked for wisdom. So God said, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people, and have not asked for long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies, I give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding mind such as no one has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and honor. No other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my commands as your father David did, I will give you long life. You see, God's an incredibly generous God. And all you have to do is ask him for this. And he just looks. In fact, the Psalms say, daily he loads me with what? Benefits. Let's see if you can say it with a... Come on, put your Bibles on here. Daily he... he come on. All right. Two of you are saying, daily he loves me with benefits. Come on. Come on, get your hands. Here we go. Today... Here, we're going to do it different. Today, God loaded me with benefits. Today, God loaded me with benefits. Hallelujah! He's a good God! Is He a good God? He's a good God! Remember I told you, if you can teach third graders, you can teach anybody. Third graders have no problem. They're really good into this stuff. Some of you are thinking, I'm crazy. No, I'm crazy about God. Praise the Lord. There's one more I want to leave you. I love this one. I discovered as I was studying. It's number six. God says, yes, I thought you'd never ask. Ooh, I like it. Don't you like it? Do you realize that God is just waiting for us to ask? And we limit ourselves because we put God in this little box. Remember what I started the teaching with? Sixty-some percent of the people don't even believe God's interested in them as a person or would answer a prayer about their life. That's 100% wrong. James says, you know it. We started with it. You have not because you asked not. So God says, yes, yes, please ask. Yes. I thought you'd never ask. I hope in this series on prayer, you're not just taking notes, but you're praying. And I hope you're praying more than just here, but you're putting into practice. 
You learned today in Pastor Mark's teaching that God always is ready to hear your prayers. It's comforting to know that even though yes isn't the only answer to prayer, there's more than only no. As in all things, God's main concern isn't giving you everything you want. His primary thought in guiding you through life is to have you to be a brighter and brighter light in this dark world. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings Pastor Mark's teaching, Five Ways God Answers Prayer to an End. Next time, he'll begin his message, Practical Prayer. You'll hear as Pastor Mark shares from the book of Acts how the lives of the disciples was filled with different prayers. You'll learn about the practicality of these prayers and how they create a framework that you can use in your prayer life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting